time, weather, and... Always. This podcast explores the commonality between our DMV brothers and sisters to demonstrate the true strength and depth of our family. We have all shared the soundtrack in our best and worst moments, and with that fact, we argue that we're never truly alone when the music is playing. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the best of what's around. Welcome to DMB On Demand. Hey guys, it's Bridget, B-R-I-H-A-L-4457 on Twitter. This time we're covering 1998 through 2000. We begin our history session in the year 1998. RCA released Dave Matthews Band's third studio album Before These Crowded Streets on April 28, 1998. The critically acclaimed recording was the band's first album to debut at number one on the Billboard 200 and ended the Titanic soundtrack Strangehold on the top spot. Produced by Steve Lilly White, Before These Crowded Streets featured such guest artists as Bella Flett, the Kronos Quartet, and Alanis Morissette. Rolling Stone praised the band for pushing in adventurous new directions, noting they play as if their lives and yours depended on it. Don't Drink the Water, Crush, and Stay, Wasting Time were among the hit singles, which is now certified triple platinum. The band was on the road from mid-April through December, touring North America, Europe, where DMV opened for the Rolling Stones on numerous dates in addition to playing a mixture of headline shows and festivals in Brazil. On January 19, 1999, Bama Rags RCA released Live at Luther College, an acoustic performance by Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds. Recorded on February 6, 1996, it marked the first album from the pair, who occasionally tour together as an acoustic duo. The second in a series of live Dave Matthews Band-related releases, Live at Luther College debuted at number two on the Billboard 200 and has since been certified platinum. As with Live at Red Rocks, the success of the second live album was based solely on word-of-mouth buzz. Matthews and Reynolds launched an extensive tour in January. Dave Matthews Band's summer run included a stop at Woodstock 99, the band's September 11th concert at New Jersey Continental Airlines Arena was captured on Listener Support It. Released on November 23, 1999, it was the third installment in the ongoing live album series. A video of the performance, also titled Listener Supported, was released at the same time. The double disc album was quickly certified double platinum, and the video also sold for over a million copies. The band spent much of 2000 on tour, playing two or three consecutive nights at venues across the country and finishing the year as the top grossing rock band in the U.S. In the fall, Dave Matthews began working with legendary producer Glenn Ballard in Los Angeles. Planning to fine-tune song arrangements for DMV's next album, instead the pair wound up co-writing 12 brand new songs in a matter of days. The rest of the band soon joined them. Ballard helped the group focus and tighten their arrangements, and Matthews played electric guitar for the first time. From this explosion of creative chemistry came the band's fourth studio album, Every Day, 
which featured special guests Carla Santana and Vusi Malasila. Thanks, guys. everybody. This episode, we are interviewing Ben. I've been looking forward to interviewing Ben ever since I read his questionnaire that he filled out. Each guest, before they come on the show, have a questionnaire that serves two purposes. First, it lets them know, generally, what type of questions we'll be asking them. And two, it helps me get to know them a little bit better um, past, just on the surface, before we do our interview. So when I was reading over Ben's responses, they were very thoughtful and very thorough. Um, usually the people who have thoughtful and thorough responses are typically the people who are not just going to have a story to tell, but have the ability to express that story as well. Um, so for me personally, I'm looking forward to this interview and have been, uh, especially because Ben is the type of individual that doesn't shy away from topics such as mental health. As you will remember, the first episode or two, that's exactly what I was coming on to do this for, was to try to get awareness for mental health issues and, and get people the help that they need. So with all that being said, I've been looking forward to this one for, uh, well, since I first read over his questionnaire. So Ben, what I want you to do first, before we get into any, any questions, so I want to just round out who you are as a person. So if you can give us, you know, your full name, what you do for a living, your interests and hobbies, uh, take your time and just kind of introduce yourself to everybody. I am um, uh, from uh, West Virginia, uh, Wheeling, West Virginia is where I, I live currently, but I grew up in a small town of like 1,100 people probably an hour uh, from where I'm living now. Uh, I am not employed because I am on social security because I am, I, I am um, actually deemed as high functioning autistic. Uh, so I, so um, I have a lot of trouble uh, in high stress areas and stuff like that. So I have to have a lot of com accommodations to work, but I am like seeking employment. So, uh, but that's like really kind of difficult. But what I do uh, with most of my time is uh, I write uh, and I, I uh, play music. Um, uh, COVID's really slowed a lot of that uh, down in terms of like uh, doing open mics um, uh, for poetry, through poetry and. Um, uh, you know, singing and performing. So, uh, I spend a lot of my time, uh, uh, writing anymore since there's like a lot of time to do it. Um, 
and uh, uh, as far as hobbies go, I am uh, your uh, basically your, your run-of-the-mill nerd. You know, Star Wars, pro wrestling, anything pop culture related that's like between like like late '80s, like '90s. Like I probably know something about it. Um, I. Um, I, I, so I, I do a lot so you know uh, there's probably not something that I don't have my hand in like as far as interests go or whatever it's really like the gamut is really really wide like so uh, I, I'm very much uh, all over the place in terms of what I like to do so so <clears throat> regarding your hobbies and being a general nerd I'm going to ask you a question that only us nerds will probably understand, and the rest will just think it's gibberish. But um, do you think that AEW has a chance to really be stiff competition for WWE? Yes. I think we agree. Especially with so many people, uh, uh, WWE letting so many people go, they're either going to go straight to AEW or or or, or ring of honor. yeah ring of honor yeah um, so or or to New Japan which is quickly kind of becoming competition to WWE as well so as, as soon um, as New Japan starts doing shows routine, routinely in the US I think they're gonna they're gonna escalate quickly yeah, if they bring uh, like the IWGP to America, it will it'll uh, create issues. Um, I, I think I think Vince is old and senile uh, and kind of needs to step down. And uh, I think uh, AEW is really kind of uh, giving them a run for their money, even though they kind of don't want to acknowledge it. They did that with WCW for like the longest time and right. so they started becoming a threat and then they're like, oh, well, now we need to pay attention. Right. So, uh, the same thing's going to happen with AEW. They're going to keep ignoring them until, um, you know, they, they can't anymore, basically. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alright, so let's dive into the questions here. We're going to start off with one that, that is kind of difficult because people have a hard time narrowing down their favorite songs from the Dave Matthews Band. So the question is, what's your favorite DMB song and why? And a little addendum to that is, if you have a current one presently that changes every so often, that's fine too. Just give us what your favorite one is right now and why. Uh, it's an ever-changing it's, it's uh, amalgamation really it's kind of, it can it um uh, so uh, for the longest time it was uh, number it was number 41 and I really couldn't uh narrow I could really couldn't narrow it down why I liked it I, I just um I, I think because uh, it wasn't the song itself, it was the live version with uh, Bella Fleck on the banjo. Oh yeah, Bella Fleck, that's awesome version. Um, 
that was the version I really, really liked. Um, but then uh, it kind it kind of it kind of switched uh, to warehouse. Uh, it's just I identify uh, with warehouse so much because um, it's kind of uh, it it. It really reminds me of the constant thing of we're all afraid of, of leaving something and letting and like letting go of something even though it's like it's it's it was it was good uh, you know and it makes us feel good to be in it, that environment but uh, eventually we have to leave our comforts behind whatever whatever that may be if it's a play it can be a place a thing or a, uh, even a person you know but eventually uh, for whatever reason we have to we have to go uh, go away from that thing or leave that thing behind even though it, it even though it may be very difficult for us to do you know I think the warehouse really kind of embodies that, even even if it has to do with like dying, as the song even kind of, you know, just like kind of ends on that note that 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 we eventually die. But and it's kind of it kind of illustrates that that fear of death. But to me, it really kind of resonates more. Um, with having something that's really good and you're comfortable and you like you like being in that place, but it's not gonna last forever. And eventually, you have to leave that you have to leave that behind. But you can still keep all the good that's associated with uh, the leaving leaving of that place even though it, it's scary to leave that place and that's kind of why I identify with Warehouse so much because you know it, it, we're always leaving leave, we're always kind of leaving our comfort zones wherever we may be so you know Warehouse really illustrates that that you know it's gonna be scary to leave that place but uh, it's okay. We can still keep that with us wherever we go, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, staying in the same line of thought, I'd like you to share with us your favorite DMB lyric and and kind of explain why that lyric is the one you love the most. Um. Uh. Uh. We'll make the best of what's around, or uh, uh, expanding on that line to where it doesn't matter where you are, but you know who you're with that really matters. Um, especially like um, in, in these times with with COVID, you know, even though I'm apart from a lot of my friends, um, and not by choice. Um, uh, I've had a lot of uh, friends that are musicians that have uh, live streamed themselves playing and we watch them uh, do their thing and even like with people getting together and having like music festivals even and I'm like uh, watching one now 
every once in a while called the social socially distant fest, and they have like uh, musicians and artists and like glass blowers, and it's like there's like a whole different like virtual map of like what's going on like on a, every different like on a different day, and um, you know. Um, we can, uh, you know, it doesn't matter the situation as long as we're, like, still together and acknowledging each other that, you know, we're together. It really does matter the people that you're, uh, with in any given time. It doesn't matter where you are, you know, as long as you're with that person and making the best of that good thing in this bad situation that... Um, you know, it, it really does matter because, you know, we're all kind of in this together. We're all stuck in this situation and trying to make the best of what we can given our circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm very lucky that I have a good contingency of, of friends and uh, musicians and, 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 you know, family uh, to help me see me through all this. So, because... It has been it, the first three weeks of isolation and quarantine. Like, wasn't really like really good for me mentally. Like, so. All right, <clears throat> all right. Um, how long have you been a fan, and and what song was it that really kind of pulled you in and made you a fan? I know for me it was number twenty-seven. Um, our guest that was on last week, hers was number forty-one. But how long have you been a fan, and what song really got you plugged into the band? Nineteen ninety-nine was when I really kind of became a fan. Uh, I really, I can't say what song in particular drew me in because I can't really recall the songs. Uh, it, I mean, it, it could have been it, it could have been ants marching. It, 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 it could have been it could have been crash. I mean, it, I really can't I I can't exactly place it. Um, I just do know I recall uh, uh sitting in the car in uh the car with my cousin who was a big fan and um of the band and still kind of is and I was like uh you know who's this band what's that song it sounds this is this is like really good it's amazing I've never heard anything like this before you know with the mix of instruments that don't belong together at all you know Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, who is this man? How are they doing this with these set of instruments that don't go together? You know. And uh, he was like, "Oh well, this is Dave Matthews Band. I believe the I think the album was either Under the Table and Dreaming or or Before These Crowded Streets. It was one of those two. I just, I just, I can't really place my finger on it. And I was like, well, can I, well, you, you know, I started listening to him. And then uh, that Christmas, uh, like, 
uh, he gave me uh, uh, listener supported was his Christmas present to me so um, it definitely uh, it was definitely kind of like a family thing that was passed like like from one person that I was um, that part of my family that kind of passed his love of the band on to me by buying me this album and uh, so that's kind of where it all developed um, like it, it was kind of just snowballed from there really okay um, so there's kind of a, a family with DMB um, all the people who go to the wire shows and the people we interact with on a daily basis on say Twitter what have you um, what brought you into the community side of the DMB family? What brought you in to that next level? And, and what does that DMB family mean to you? Um, you know, COVID really had me kind of rediscover uh, my love for the band uh, by like seeing the, the Twitter activity and stuff like that. Because for the most part, I had fallen, like, I still liked the, I still adore the band itself, but I wasn't very active, like, in the community because I was kind of, like, of an island by myself. A lot of the people I hang out with really don't like the band that much, <laughs> to be honest. Um, um, I, I ended up, uh, basically running into a friend of mine that I've done open mics with that was a big fan of the band just by happenstance uh we uh a lot of the times we'll do we do the uh uh watchtower cover together at open mics and that's that it was just kind of happened by happenstance that was like like here's another person that likes this band and um, uh, we're we're still friends, and we plan on going to a show eventually together. But I was kind of uh, not very active in the community until very recently, or getting active again in the community. And uh, from what I've uh, I've noticed, like getting back into the fandom and the family and the community, uh, everybody is like uh, very. Uh, I'm not sure it's not just the music uh, that is what like bonds these people together yeah it's a common thread but it's not uh, that's not what kind of makes part like makes the band or makes these people like a part of if I, if, I can, if I can jump in here real quick, because what you're doing right now is you're describing exactly what it was that I wanted to uncover through this podcast. When I went to my first concert, I saw all these people in this rapture of joy and thought, you know, we must share something more than this. What, what brought exactly. us here? Exactly. Exactly. Those low points we have the shared common bond with this music and what you're explaining is exactly what we're trying to uncover here. 
it's more than just the music. It's not just the music. The music is just a common thread. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, there were people from all walks of life, uh, all 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 uh, all forms of creeds, uh, uh, creeds, colors, what have you. Uh, uh, people were very friendly to each other and very nice to each other and very kind. I haven't always experienced that at Dave Matthews Band concerts. I will be be very clear. I've been to some shows where a lot of people like to get drunk and there's uh there can be a frat boy contingent of uh, some of the younger 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 crowd that that's they can be yeah, they can be bad. Yep. Yep, I hate it. This that's the worst uh the drunk frat bros that just Oh yeah, no, I'm with you. They're more, they're more there for the. They may say they're there to see the band, but not really. They're there for just to be there, basically. It seems like, to me anyway. Yeah, I can see how how people would get that impression from time to time. Um. If you had the ability to sit down with everybody on the planet, man, woman, and child, and you could play them one DMB song, what's the one song you think humanity could gain the most from, and what do you think they had to gain by listening to that one song you would pick? I think One Sweet World right now would be what everybody needs to hear because we're all on this planet together. And we only have one. We only have. We only have one planet. And even after we're all dead, it's still going to be here. We should take care of it while we're here, and we should take care of each other. Um. Uh, I'm getting emotional. Um. There is so much division and finger pointing. You know, you did this. You did that. Uh. I hate you because of your politics. Uh, I hate you because um, you're either wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or whatever. It's so frivolous and it means nothing in the long run of the scheme in the big scheme of things. Um, we need to realize that if you. If you were to take a blade to each and every one of us, we all bleed the same color. We all have the same hopes. We all have the same fears. Um, we all have pretty much the same aspirations to be something better. Um, that song really kind of illustrates that we all live on this planet together, and we're all going to eventually be a part of part of the the dirt of this planet after we're gone we need to take care of each other and the earth that we live on like in the time that we have it basically because it's it's not going to be here forever and we're not going to be here forever right right absolutely all right um so if you could sit down, let's say you're in a living room with a couple couches, and the band was sitting there, and you had a minute or two to tell them something, what would you want to tell the band directly? 
Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I I get overwhelmed. I have met some people that I've admired before, and sometimes there was no words. I've met people I've admired before, and I was just like kind of reduced to tears. Uh, there would be probably a, a little bit of that before I could say anything. Um, but um, this band has kind of been with me through um, so, there's not been a time or any significant point in, in, in my life where the band hasn't been there in some capacity if it was even a and even if it wasn't the music, it was something that they were doing uh, just as people that was like, man, that's that's amazing. That's inspiring me to be a better person. You know, you know, so, you know, just thank you for making me a better a better person, you know, not just through your music, just through the people that you are, you know. I think that's a pretty good answer for that question. It kind of varies, of course, from person to person, but um, I fall in line with everything you said, man. Totally agreed. Um, all right, so we're going to kind of dive deep here for the next two questions. Uh, we're going to discuss the best moment and the worst moment of your life and how the music either impacts it or gives context to it. So... We're going to start with a good time. You can pick a time in your life, one of those real high tide moments where it stands alone on just being one of those good days in life. Tell us what that is, and then tell us what song either impacted it at the time, or now when you're looking back at that event, it gives it some good perspective. Uh... And uh, I've had a lot of good moments. Uh, 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 good moments in my life. Uh, some of them are hard to. Uh, it's hard to pick just one because you've had. So, I've had some high, really high points in my life. Um. I think I think one of them would be um, um uh, uh, coming to terms with some of my ah. Uh, uh, coming to terms with the fact, uh, with my uh, diagnosis that I was autistic, and then kind of uh, wrestling with the the other spiritual side of that, and uh, you know that it, everything like being okay. I knew I was going to be okay. I'd finally gotten my answers, like both. Uh, mentally and spiritu spiritually and 
it was like a big weight to be lifted off my shoulders to finally know and uh, you know be able to accept that myself and this is who I am and I don't have to be ashamed uh, for that as well as like the spiritual component that I was made this way I am perfect just you know uh, and there, nobody can take that my perfection away from me that I have perceived like it spiritually in myself and I remember uh, kind of having that realization like in the middle of a rainstorm and John the Revelator was playing so it kind of tied together that I had like reconciled with myself mentally and spiritually and everything kind of came together like at that moment uh, it, it meant a lot to me too uh, as like as a message like from the heavens that everything was as it should be basically but there's like so many more moments that I could uh, you know uh uh, you know, put together as high as you know as high points in my life. You know, where the band had, had something something to do with it in what some shape or form. Uh, even even if it wasn't a song or uh, something something. You know. Okay, so now what we're going to do is go to the opposite side of the spectrum. I want you to discuss. Um, time in your life that was substantially tougher than the other ones um, a real low tide kind of kind of day and tell us about that day and then tell us what song impacted that day or music context when you look back now um I believe the worst the worst day in my life was probably uh, November 2nd uh, 2016 cause I remember it like it was yesterday uh, uh, my best friend had been gone for six days uh, he kind of disappeared after this first uh, disappeared and then after this first two days you were kind of hopeful that he would be okay because he had a habit of uh, when things would get tough, he would he would kind of leave uh, everybody and go somewhere and decompress and just be gone for like a, a few days, and he would eventually come back. It was uh, 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 he would go and and uh, do whatever he needed to do to you know. Uh, uh, kind of decompress himself. Uh, so there was some hope that he would he would come back uh, eventually. But then after that third day, it's like, hey, he's if he does, he's not coming back. Um. And then like the sixth day that my friend came to get me, he was like, he was all happy and kind of smiling. And, like trying to relieve my tension, but I knew as soon as he hit my doorstep that I saw him that it, the news wasn't good. And I said, "Did they?" I said, "My first words 
to him, where did they find him? And he said, he said, yeah, they found him. I said, is he dead? He said, yeah, he's dead. He shot himself. Uh, can, you, can you give me a minute? Absolutely. You take as much time as you need. Uh, and, uh, I, I remember uh, not until later until hearing uh, uh, the song the, after kind of um, doing what I needed like to do to kind of deal with the fact that he was gone like not uh, years uh, years later uh, maybe a year, uh, about a year later uh, I mean, it, it, it still hurts. It was like my best friend, so... Um, I lost, like, not only my best friend, I lost, like, my brother and uh, somebody that I can... As somebody that suffers from mental illness, I kind of lost uh, the person that I would consider... That I considered, like, my... 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 Uh, my um, my bat, like my battle buddy, like my soul, like my, like this other person that was like in the foxhole with you, you know. Um, so losing somebody that uh, I support, that you know, we leaned on each other for support, and was so loyal. It's like if I was having a bad day, like a bad day. Or and would call him up like I could call him I could call him now and be like hey man I'm having a horrible day you know this sucks um I'm not doing well uh could you come and get me can we hang out you know I'm, I'm not doing well he would be he would be there like now he would be there now he'd be here now like no questions asked um, and even if he couldn't make it, cause he had like previous engagements, he'd be like, well, I can't make it now, but I'll be here. I'll be there like, uh, later on in the week or I'll be, I'll be there like, uh, later on in the month if I couldn't make, if he couldn't make it. And, and if he couldn't make it, he'd be like, well, you know, I'll, I'm just here. Uh, you know, he would just talk. We would just talk. And like losing like that somebody that was like you uh, like lo you like that loyal to you and like uh, that um like that losing that dynamic was very hard because you lost I lost a piece of my support that was like always there no matter what and. Um, I think after, uh, excuse me, after losing him and after kind of reconciling with the fact that, yeah, it sucked that he was gone, uh, it was disappointing that he was gone. Um, uh, one of the songs I kind of relied on was, uh, was the song Two Step. 
uh, you know, because it's a, you know, it really kind of takes me back to, um, Uh, you got even though you know life is very short and it can it can it can end in an instant but we have to carry on after you know life is life is over you know um for whoever is gone before us we have to we have to carry we have to carry on and I have kind of made it my mission to in life uh, to carry uh, help carry his torch and his memories since he can't anymore um, because there's so many people that look at people who have killed themselves as weak or that couldn't handle life or they weren't strong when that's like not the case at all he was very strong he was a very strong person I mean he had dealt with uh, like having like electroshock therapy to have like his you know cortex like parts of his brain shot so it would produce serotonin and uh, you know untriggered panic attacks all kinds of stuff. I mean, he dealt with things to a degree that nobody could ever understand. And the fact that he ha would could ha would had to deal with that and still was able to pull himself out of the bed in in the morning and was and struggled to function. Uh, you know, he was very very strong. You know, more strong uh, more stronger than than anybody could ever imagine to to so to say that somebody like that that would choose to go out that way is weak is very a misguided misguided conception. Um, it's not the case at all. Um, it is just it's just the aftermath that that hurts the most because they're not thinking about the other people that are leaving that they're leaving behind they're thinking about themselves and 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 how that they're hurting and it's the only way to make the hurting stop and uh, they believe that they're making the best decision possible so they won't be so they won't be a burden anymore uh, to themselves and to everybody else around them because they you know he I think he was I think uh, part of him was tired of you know of being uh, the burden of you know not being not being able to function properly around people and and stuff like that uh, you know, I, I I can only speak for him so much. Uh, I've, you know, I've, he's my best friend, but I'm not. I'm still gonna not gonna put thoughts or words in his mouth that I don't think were his. I just know that he had dealt with it as long as he could, and he was just tired. It boiled down to the fact that he was tired, and he didn't have 
enough strength to carry it on anymore. He was done. He had dealt with it as long as he could. And it was his uh, last act of desperation to make it stop. And I am not uh, angry at him for that at all. Uh, he, he felt what he had to do was necessary. And I, I still love him even though he chose to do what he did. Um, it, I would be remiss as good as he was to me to have any anger or resentment toward him uh, for that. So, uh, basically, just to boil it down, you know, Two Step is, is a beautiful song about life going on after you know, after tragedy, after, after it's, after some, something stops. And I feel like I have to continue on for him because, uh, it's my duty as his best friend and someone that was practically a brother to him because like I, I knew his whole family since I was a kid. And he, I mean, and all his sisters both babysat me. Even he did at one point when I was a kid. And it's just, um, it's one of those full circle things where uh, he that he means quite a lot to me. So it's it's important to me to remember him. And, and honor him in that way and I think the that song uh, I think Two Step really does um, justice to the fact that I am hope hoping to carry on his days even though he's not here anymore like through his memory That was uh, that was beautiful, man. Thank you for um, having some courage to be a bit vulnerable and sharing with us that that time in your life and that special relationship. I know there's going to be people out there who have gone through something similar, and maybe just hearing your story will bring them a sense of comfort. And that's what we're trying to do here: we're trying to deepen those connections and explore them so we're better to one another. So that was an amazing step in the right direction for, you know, where we're going with this whole podcast. And so the last episode, Jesus, I'm a little shook up from your story. Uh, the last question is probably the toughest one. Well, hey, uh, we're all, we're all, I did not, not stop you, but we're all in this together. And we, it's, this is all a battle that we're in until uh, we're not we're not on this planet anymore either. And uh, and when we uh, descend into the ascend into the next plane of existence, whether it's heaven, whether it's Shangri-La, wherever, we're all still in this in in this together. And that's what matters. That's what matters to me. 
I hope my words reach out as a form of encouragement to someone else. If you've lost someone, whether it just did something horrible like that, that they've taken their own life, I want them to know that it's it is not it is not their it is not their fault. It's not your fault. Don't don't blame do not blame yourself. It it is it, it was never your fault. And it, it will hurt forever. It's never going to go away. But you have to learn to deal with it. And if there's, there's somebody out there that's listening right now, and somebody that you love just just did this like moments ago, or months ago, or whatever, I'm here for you. I under I understand. I've dealt I've dealt with it. If you if you need to talk to someone, I'm here. If you want to hurt yourself, I'm here. Because I, I this I'm maybe talking to a perfect stranger right now. I don't know you, but I love you, and I want you to know that that I love you, and everyone everyone around you loves you. You will be deeply missed. So, you know, I am just a stranger to anyone listening. But I, I, I want you to know that, that I love you and that you are loved. So, the last question I have for you is probably the one I consider to be the toughest to answer. Uh, even more so than trying to pick a favorite song. If you were sitting down with somebody who had never heard of the band and you had to explain to them what message the band is trying to convey overall with the music, how would you explain that to them? What, how would you explain what the message of the music is overall? <laughs> Life can be good. Life can be bad. It can, it can, and it, it can, and it can suck. But all we have to do is make time with the time that we are given, because that time is very special. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm almost quoting Lord of the Rings here. You know, um. Uh, you know, we are to make time with the time that we are given and what time that we have, and that time is special, and we need to use that time that we have with each other to just be good to each other and love each other and take care of ourselves, each other, and, and this in the world that we live on. That's what I feel like the overall message is. I think that's a pretty good synopsis, man. I uh, can definitely get on board with that. So for the last part of the interview, what we do is we kind of just open up the platform and let our guests promote anything they want to promote. Sometimes it's um, their social media. Sometimes it's an organization, a charity, uh, or a foundation. Sometimes it's other people. Um, sometimes it's a project that you're working on that you want other people to know about. Completely up to you. The floor is yours. I want you to tell the people what you think they need to, to know or hear more about. Take it away. 
Uh, one thing I'm a big proponent of is mental health, so I would uh, um, refer. I would uh, definitely make the case for the National Alliance for Mental Illness to be known. Uh, they have uh, they have houses all over all over the United States where you can go uh, for like for like for like a, like group therapy and just talk about whatever your issue is. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. There's usually uh, professionals in some capacity there that can help you, or they can help you. You know, refer you to someone to help if you need if you feel that you need help. Um, uh, the uh, uh, the depression and bipolar uh, support groups I'm not a uh, support group I'm not sure what the name of that one is I know there's a website for it but uh, I can't uh, name it off the top of my head because I'm real bad with names at times um uh what else um uh, the uh Did you want to discuss the uh, documentary? Oh yeah, I have a short film that I did uh, with the local filmmaker about the aftermath and my friendship with this person that I mentioned on this podcast. Uh, it's very uh, uh, near and dear to me as, as it was a personal project and I, I just think it's something that everybody needs to see. Uh, to help help them grieve or whatever, or just just to get some positivity going. Um, I also want to. Uh, uh, you can add me on social media if you want. I don't really have a lot going on in social media. I'm just I'm just a person trying to live their life. I'm not anything special. Uh, uh, my uh, Twitter account is uh, uh, at Tangible Poetry, and I also do. I am working on a book of poetry and essays. Um, it will itself. It's a self-published effort right now, but I am in a bit of a pickle because I spilled some coffee on my main computer not too long ago, so I have to. Uh, get it fixed. Thankfully, the hard drive is still intact, but the keyboard just doesn't work. Uh, so, there, there's that going on. Uh, I am uh, I work with a local uh, poetry, poetry group uh, called The Prosers, where we uh, do a lot of spoken word. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just really active uh, in a lot of different things, musically, uh, writing, whatever. Uh, I'm real glad to be uh, a part of, a part of this podcast as well. So, you know, uh, I want to, I want to thank you, Andrew, dude, you're doing a great service. This is really awesome. Um, I, you know, I have so, you know, a lot of shout outs, just, you know, just my mom, my dad, you know, uh, just, uh, and just uh, 
all my friends, you know, I, I all appreciate everybody, you know, that's made me who I am, not just with this band, you know, personally kind of being part of, part of it, you know, my, my mom took me to my very first Dave Matthews band concert, you know, when I was 16, you know, so thanks mom, um, it's just uh, one of those things. I could I could go on and on and on and on and on forever. You know, different shoutouts of different organizations and 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 people. But we would be here for like another hour. So <laughs> no, that's that's quite all right. And hey, um, everything that he shouted out will be in the show notes for this episode. So you can go to dmbondemand.com/podcast and click on this episode. And we'll have links to um, the different things that he mentioned, whether it be the documentary or the organization or his social media account. You should also be able to get their show notes right where you listen to your podcast. We're now live on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. So take a look for the show notes, and we'll have links to everything that he discussed in his shout-outs so you can have easy and quick access to all the information. Uh, that, Ben, I just wanted to thank you uh, sincerely for coming on. Your interview was great. It it fell right in line with the answers to your questions beforehand. They were very well thought out um, and very open and vulnerable, and that's something that not everybody has the courage to do. So uh, thank you for having the courage to be vulnerable um, inside the interview and for coming on. And Hey, 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 man, no problem. Yep. If, uh, it's, it's, it's part, it's, 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 it's part of being a writer. Sometimes I don't, I don't always have the courage to speak the words, but, uh, it just, it, this just felt very natural, so. Yeah, sure. I mean, you did a fantastic job and it flowed, uh, just like the questions were, were flowing when you answered them, you know, via text. So I, again, I appreciate the vulnerability. Uh, not everybody has that courage. It takes, and that's, it does. It takes courage to be able to do that. Um, so anyway, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for spending an hour with me and kind of digging into the music. And this particular episode um, is special because most of it centers around what we're trying to explore and find that commonality we have beyond just the music, the, the, the commonality between us all, especially as we're going through rough times. Um, so it, it really, this episode is special for that reason. Um, it really hits home with what we're trying to do here. So anyway. Thank you, man. I'm glad I could be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So thanks for coming on, Ben. Welcome to The Way I Heard It. This is a segment for you, the listener. 
Each episode, I reach out to a handful of listeners to ask them about a specific song and what it means to them and how they apply the message of that song in their own life. Some will make you laugh, others may make you cry with empathy, but each one is straight from the heart. So let's get right into this week's edition of The Way I Heard It. Hi, this is Sam, S.E. Gary 78. And Mary Jane, Janie Gary 2. The uh, song we're going to talk about is Save Me, and it's for the the way I heard it, the way I heard it uh, portion of the podcast. So again, we've chosen Save Me. Okay, so the first part of Save Me is I'm driving through the desert. I met a man who told me of his crazy plan. He'd been walking there for 20 days. He was going to walk on for 20 more said how about a drink or a bite to eat he said no my faith is all i need so then save me save me mr walking man if you can and uh, i know whenever i hear that first part of the song i immediately that he'd been walking for 20 days he was going to walk for 20 more i think my first reaction was oh he's talking about jesus yeah he's talking about jesus and i think personally that this is a Dave is singing in the in the perspective or writing from the, from the perspective of somebody that saw this crazy guy just walking through the desert, no water, no food, and decided to just tag along. Yeah, he decided to just follow him. Yeah. Um, and he knew, you know, I, I don't think the person narrating, the person who sees this man knows that there's something special about him but he doesn't know exactly why right exactly um and so when i first heard the he'd been walking there for 20 days he's going to walk for 20 more immediately i i said this is jesus obviously right obviously that's jesus that he's talking about because that's what we learned right growing up catholic and that's how everybody learned when he says not a how about a bite or a drink or a bite to eat even though it's not explicitly stated you know i mean we all know that jesus had to survive 40 days and 40 nights no food no water just alone right so um you know that's just that's the picture that's painted for me is he just sees jesus walking down the road and he pulls up in his car and he's like hey man what are you you doing right and Um, then he decides to tag along and follow him the rest of the way right um, the next part is, you don't need to prove a thing to me. Just give me faith. Make me believe. Come on, save me. Save me, Mr. Walking Man, if you can. Come on, save me. Save me, Mr. Stranger, if you please. Save me. Save me, Stranger, if you please. Or am I too far gone to get back home? And I don't think of home as the, I've driven down the road too far. To, to go me, back home. Right. home is heaven am right. i am i too far gone to go to heaven have why I, won't you save me have i done too many things have i sinned too much to where you know heaven is a is a is a no-go for me that's kind of how i interpret that mm-hmm. um and <clears throat> you know part of it it's also you know this is a a person that is discovering a new way to believe and a new way to to feel and 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 how to have faith so am i too far gone to get back home so what has that person from this perspective done 
to think he's too far gone to be saved as we know it. And at this point, the only thing the stranger walking on the road has said, no, I don't need anything. All I need is my faith. And he's not, he's not responded to what this guy pulling up to him has said to him. He's just said, no, all I need is my faith. Yep. And then he goes on and says, how about you take a ride with me? We could kill some time, shoot the breeze. He said, he being the stranger, every whispering wind and every second counts. Oh, maybe if you walk, but you should drive around. And to me, he's saying, if you want to stop what you're doing and come with me, then I can save you. But if you want to keep along the path that you're on, that you're on, right? Then, you know, then you're, you're not, you're not, I'm not going to save you. You're going down the wrong road and you can't be saved. Right. And to me, that part means so much because it's like, you've hit rock bottom and you're, you're praying and you're saying, Lord, give me what I need. Save me. And the answer is stop doing what you're doing and just put everything in me, put your faith in me and walk with me. And then I can save you. And that's when the turning point of your life is. So to me, this is the turning point of this man's life. Right. How he comes, he comes across a random stranger Hey man, what are you doing? You know, you know, and and this is like, to me, I just see, you know, in the, in the perspective of the person that, that witnesses this and says, Hey man, you need some water or, or whatever, you know, just like we talked about. Yeah. But, and then he completely stopped what he was doing, took a left turn instead of a right. And then just started to follow and put his faith in this. And whatever this is, is the path to home. Right. He says, save me, save me, Mr. Walking Man, if you can. Come on, save me. Save me, Mr. Stranger, if you please. Save me, save me, stranger, if you please. Or am I too far gone to get back home, to get back home? I don't need you to stall for some time. No, I don't need you to turn water into wine. No, I don't need you to fly. I'm just asking you to save me. And, you know, from there he goes on to, anyway, so I'll I'll get to the next part. But, you know, he's saying, I don't, I don't need a miracle. I don't need you to show me this big, I just need something. I need something to show me that I need to turn this way with you. And and that just cements for me that, that he's just at the, a breaking point Mm -hmm. and he needs he is just, he's on his knees begging. And I mean, I know I've been to that point. Sure. And, you know, most people have. And, and I, this just paints such a perfect picture of you're at this breaking point in your life. And everything is just going wrong. And you need something. You don't need this big miracle to happen. You just need something to show you that this path, this new path you're on is the right path. You just need something to believe in at a point where you don't know which way is left, which way is right or up and down. Right. You, you need you need a new path to follow. And in this case, to me, it's following Jesus and becoming Christian. Yeah. You know, but that could be different for, you know, anybody that hears a song. 
Right. We were both raised very, very Catholic, raised in the church, right. raised our, our children in the church. And so. So that is our perspective of hearing these lyrics right. and hearing this song. So, yes, this man was saved by Jesus is what the song tells me. Yeah. And then he goes on, might try saving yourself. I'm going to save me. Might try saving yourself. I swear those lips shine. Might try saving yourself. As at the moon, the moon it shines. Might try saving yourself. Why don't you save me? Might try saving yourself. Come on, save me. Might try saving yourself. And and the might try saving yourself part to me is it's like that's Jesus saying you have to you have to do this yourself. You I, do I can't yourself. do exactly. it for you. You have to do it. And you have to make the choice to follow this. Yes. In order to be saved. And then the the moon, the moon, it shines. It, it's right there. It's right there in front of him, and he knows it's there, and he just, he can't grasp it. But he knows it's right in front of him, what he needs to do. Right. It's like he's trying to, he can see it, but he can't get there, and he's trying to wrap his brain around it and mm-hmm. how to how to follow the path, so to speak, to, to get there. Yeah. And then, you know, I like in the song how it's, you know, Dave is saying one line, and then the background singers are... Yeah. Try say you know, saving yourself. I can't sing, so I'm not going to do that to anybody. <laughs> I'm not going to subject people to that. But you know, that deep voice might try saving yourself. You know, as a background singer. Yeah. It's like that's your that's little the, the little birdie on your shoulder or the the angel on one side and the devil on the other talking to you. Hey, how are you going to get this right? How are you going to fix this? How are you going to how are you going to lead your life in order to get back home right but you have to do it yourself is what it's it's saying you have to do it yourself and to me it's i i immediately thought of our most our most recent i I guess i just always try to relate it to what we're going through and most recently you know we went through this in in real time yeah how we're seeing things and hearing things yeah in real time and in most recently i think about us going through this home buying process and you know, we were super excited. We knew, okay, we can, we're approved for this much. And we started looking for houses and we knew we wanted a certain area and we, we put an offer in on this house and we were so excited. And it turned out that that wasn't the house for us. You know, after, after the inspection, there was nothing we could do to make this house okay for us to live in. And so we backed out and we started looking at more houses and what I think we put in seven offers um, was it seven though? It was seven. It was seven. Okay, I, I lost track. Sorry, I lost it track. It was seven <laughs> different houses that we put offers in for, never offering below list price, always offering more, you know, reaching out to these different areas. But there was this one house that <clears throat> was coming soon for two weeks, coming soon, coming soon. And we finally went and saw it, you know, and I had, excuse me, I had a, my friend telling me you just got to be patient you just got to be patient and a week before we a couple days before we went to see this house is when ben had his confirmation right and his sponsor we were talking to him about the house stuff and he said you know you guys are going to find the right house just keep praying just keep being patient god is going to do it in his own time not your time right and a couple days later the house finally goes on the market we go and Mm -hmm. we see it we put in an offer. And it was ours. And we, we knew. Well, we had to wait five very long days. Five very long days. She wanted it on the market for a full week, so we had to wait five very long days. 
Um, and then it, the letter that she wrote to us telling us, I just knew that you were the family meant for this house. And that whole time we had to be so patient. And I know during that week, I prayed every night, please let this be the house. We, we want this, you know, we want this to work out. This is the area we want, the neighborhood we want. It's a perfect home. It's a great yard for our kid. It's a great yard for our dogs. Right. This is, this is the house. We've, we're being patient and, you know, it finally happened. And now we're 18 days away from moving in and everything has lined up. I mean, we, we put our faith that we were going to find the right house at the right time and boom, you know, we've got a lower interest rate and boom, you know, we find out all this stuff is lining up to be to be ready on that day and like and it was like it was meant to be we put our faith in this one right right we 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 invested and then we we spent time on others right but this is the one and it once, was easy once right. this one is just like that once we were actually there and saw it and and went back and saw it again and, and a third time and <laughs> and we realized this is the one and then it worked out and then but I'm not the most religious person, but I still believe some of the things how I was raised, how we were raised. We yeah. were raised the same. Um, In and the I same prayed, church. And I did pray. <laughs> and I did pray. And, you know, I know he's out there somewhere listening. But, you know, it just worked out. And But this song, to me, can relate to something as, as simple as what we're currently going through. Right. Dealing the, with the frustrations of of buying the buying our first home, and <laughs> I am an OCD person, and I am a control freak, and my house is destroyed right now, half packed, half not packed. Well, we're about to move; it's no big deal. And and it's driving me crazy, but I have this weird sense of peace that you know what, it's all going to be worth it. And so, in this relatively small moment in our life this song relates but at the same time this song relates in a in a deeper meaning when and, and I, I think i've talked about this before that when when adam was sick when he was first diagnosed um and for those of you that don't know our story our oldest was diagnosed with cancer in uh january 2017 um and he passed in from cancer in october of 2017 at the age of 18 so when he was first diagnosed i know i, I prayed every day on my way to work i would pray in the car and I, I i kept hearing to me i kept hearing just keep praying just keep praying just keep praying and he was getting better and i was putting all my faith in the fact that these prayers that he was going to be healed and then there was a shift and i think that god speaks to people in different ways and, and you some people actually hear his voice and it's like a conversation like this this is like a conversation but i think other people it's just a feeling and and to me it's that feeling that sense of calm and so uh, about about halfway through his journey a little more than halfway through his journey what i heard in response to my prayers was very different it wasn't just keep praying it was stop wasting time do something about it and from that point on, I made a point to, and I told you, I told you, I said, I think he's going to die. And yep. we had that, uh, we had that hard conversation, yep. but, but and we had that conversation with Benjamin and we did. And we were, we were both kind of on the same page. Like he was getting so much better 
and things were looking up. And then all of a sudden, he got thinner and sicker. Mm-hmm. And, and in more the, pain. The medicine wasn't working. The, the amino therapy wasn't working. He was in more pain and he was miserable. Yeah. But Adam being Adam, he was positive. Yeah. Stayed the course, you know, didn't complain too and much. I, I know. He didn't I, complain too much. No. I, but, I took that stop wasting time as right. have those meaningful conversations, say what you need to say. And I did. And as hard as it was, I, I pushed myself to make sure that I talked to him every single day. I, uh, Adam is my stepson, so he did not live with us, but I talked to him every single day, even if it was just about nonsense. And I said those things that I wanted to say to him and I knew where he stood with it. And, and so when he, when he died, I didn't feel, obviously I was destroyed, but I didn't feel like I had been led down the wrong path. I I felt like okay, I was praying to God and he was telling me don't waste time and I didn't. And so, you know, I 100% feel like Adam is up in heaven watching over us every day. And I think sometimes when we forget he's there, he knocks crap off our walls to let us know that he's there. Like the calendar. It's always the calendar. Yep. Adam was obsessed with the calendar. Yep, he was. And it just randomly (laughs) falls off at times and I have to stop and go, okay, okay, yeah, I'm not... I'm not doing the right thing. So to me, this song just encompasses so much. It can be something as small as the frustration of going through buying a house or as big as dealing with the fact that we we're losing our child. And then, you know, save me is, is it's very encompassing as you just said. So to me, save me was like, bring me back to faith and prayer yeah when adam was sick mm-hmm. i don't think i ever prayed so much in my life yeah <laughs> i was an Me altar either. boy i was an altar boy i went to ccd all the time <laughs> i don't think i ever prayed so much after adam got sick and i still pray yeah. and i pray for him and i pray for us and i pray for ben and i pray for you know everybody in our lives so but even though we lost him even though we lost him it's like we've gone back I personally have gone back to the finding something to believe in mm-hmm. after, you know, Adam fought his battle with cancer and I've, I still have questions and I still kind of, uh, is this real? But the only thing I can think of is that there is a, a greater power and the man that was walking through the song of save me is the real deal. Yeah. I don't, you know, and I'm sure that, People can can dismiss that and this sort of thing, but whenever you experience something so life changing, like the narrator in this song, right, didn't know where to go. We experienced multiple things that are life changing. Yes. And now it's kind of this song rings. You know, this song when it came out, I was like, they, you know, just. You know, I liked this album when it first came out. It was a solo album, but it wasn't my favorite. But now going back and listening to these things, you know, after some time, and especially the way our lives have shaped over the last, you know, handful years, of years, yeah. three years, this song resonates so much with me. And it's a simple song. And if it's cut and dry, it's 
a guy was following Jesus through the desert. Yeah. But at the same point, you can relate that to all the experiences that you've lived and that you and I have lived together. Yeah. And it opens up a whole new, you know, page in a book. So do you think this is a happy song or a sad song? I think it's both. Yeah maybe depends on what you're going through at the time um sure you know both of the times that you know the when adam was sick you know obviously that was a really stressful time for us but it was also a it was sad i mean we were sad all the time we were anxious all the time so it, it was sad in that instance but um the most recent experience you know the bottom line is is that we had to, we we had to stop and we had to slow down right and and take it all in and do what we needed to do which if if you're not in a position to buy a house and you decide in a weekend that you need to be in that position it's a lot of work to figure out what you can afford and what you need to pay off and what you need to do and i mean we did incredible work in a matter of four weeks to go to be prepared to buy a house when we weren't even thinking of looking for several months right. so it's stressful and that's what i guess that's i don't think the song is stressful but every experience that i relate it back to is the super stressful time and that stop slow down stop doing what you're doing and take the minute to take the time to slow down and walk right. with me let go of all the other things you don't need anything else all you need is your faith and so it's happy it's a happy song to me yeah um i can see that and i i part of me agrees with that because what you just said you know just even in this conversation just rings true because we did you know come back to faith and 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 hope for the best and pray and all that sort of thing and it's all worked out yeah i mean we bought a house during covid knock on wood it's worked out <laughs> unless there's a, a hiccup here and there but uh, i don't think there's gonna be a hiccup but i think we're anyway good. there better not be a hiccup i just ordered our furniture today yeah yeah we probably shouldn't jinx it well um that's our rambling thoughts of what save me means to us yeah if you've listened to this i'm i'm sorry for rambling my wife likes to ramble too, so. Yeah, I guess that's why we've been married for so long. Probably so. So hopefully the song, what we said, makes sense, and hopefully, if you've never heard it in that light, maybe <clears throat> go and take a listen, and it'll mean something different to you. Bye. Bye.